Greetings is co-hosted and co-produced by Bobby O'Rourke and Dan Conroy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at GreetingsPod or on Twitter at GreetingsCast for weekly updates, photos, and to see what card we're talking about that week. Dan, do you hear that delightful jingling on the roof? Why, yes, Bobby. It, it's a delightful jingle. It, it sounds like the pitter-patter of feet alongside the jingle-jangle of bells. It sounds exactly like that. I was going to say the exact same thing. Let's not go back and ruin it. No, but I said it first, else. though, so that's why it's that's why it's cool that I said it. I thought we weren't going to do this uh, on, on recording. I didn't think we were going to do this either, but then you go ahead and try to take it. From, I'm, okay. so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. All I'm right. sorry. Okay. Welcome to Greetings, the Greetings Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bobby O'Rourke. And I'm often one of your other hosts, Dan Conroy. Dan, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. How's everything going on your end? A happy holidays and a Merry Christmas to you too, dear Bobby. I'm doing very well. I feel like I am at the stage in the post-holiday because we are now recording this on the 26th. And I feel like I'm at that stage where I am just trying to recover from the Mm -hmm. food consumption, from the joy and merriment. You know, it's a delightful chemical, joy and merriment, but it really does take a lot of energy out of you. And you find yourself in that area between the holiday season and New Year, sort of just trying to relax, like really just needing to let all your muscles just not do anything for a bit. Right. And that's kind of where I am. That's fun because this is one of the few times in the year where I do allow my body to just sort of fall into whatever recliner I'm on, because I, I feel like the days after the holidays, one of the rare times that hard grinding workers like us, the the people's yes. people, are allowed yes. to just watch every episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine on loop, and it just keeps yes. going when it starts oh. over. It just goes. Yeah, we are. We you and I have become the voice of a generation that no one hears, and in that way, we do need our moments where we cocoon ourselves up in that way on somewhere soft. And I'm going to do the same thing that I do whenever I need a little break from this reality and go to somewhere between season three and season 10 of The Simpsons. And then think to myself after rewatching the episode where Homer is a teacher that talks too much about his and Marge's sex life at the community college, I think to myself, I should watch one new thing, any <laughs> new thing, maybe Andor, and then I don't. And that's why I can't have a lot of media conversations with people because I watch the same stuff over and over. Yeah, this is a greetings approved. We haven't seen it yet. So greetings has not seen and or can't approve of it. But if you've seen it, uh, good yep. for you. That's all we want to say. Write it in the sky. Greetings has not seen Andor. Uh, side note, Dan has gotten to uh, episode three of Andor and then was waiting for other people to catch up. And now he completely forgot to go back. Save it for the Patreon. Dan, we're really lucky today. It's a Christmas and a Hanukkah miracle. We have not one, but two guests today. I think this is the first time we've had two people on at once. A double holiday miracle. Our cup runneth over, Bobby. That's right. Yeah. And it's two lovely people who we both know and love, as previously mentioned, uh, recently married to. So friends of the podcast, Gabby Napoli and Andrew Miller, welcome both of you to greetings. Thank you for coming. Yay! Thanks for having us, y'all. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And I want you to know I skipped Jeopardy for this. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my. We both skip jeopardy was it a celebrity jeopardy or one of just a couple of like smart ding dings were on it no it was the, it was the standard one it was the standard okay. one is Mayan bialik still hosting or are they doing celebrity no, i wouldn't like, be I, I wouldn't be watching if that were the case it's it's <laughs> our genial okay. friend ken jennings is, is back um, oh yeah nature Good. is healing and uh, all is right. The wounds are are being healed, and Ken Jennings is helping that. Even though he did lose to a beep boop, didn't he? A robot, or no? Was that a different? 
I, a different person. I'm not sure if it was a beep boop or it was a robot or it was both. I would have to go and, and look on Wikipedia and, and tell you because I those feel like two distinct things. Perhaps it was a fembot. It might have been a fembot. Absolutely. I should say that beep boops are what I like to call robots in general. So if anything is an AI or general technology and I don't trust it, I... Um, you know, very prejudicedly call it a beep boop until it proves itself to be cool and something I want to hang out with, which that computer actually probably was. But glad to hear that Ken Jennings is on there. Sorry to hear that we're taking you away from it. Thank you both for joining us today. It's an honor and pleasure to have you to talk greetings. Happy to be here. How Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Your first holidays, I hope you don't mind me saying, like just congratulations on on, on getting married. Uh, how has it been? Congrats. How have the holidays been? How have your, we're going to lead into cards, but just in general, how has the season treated you? It's been joyful. It has been a true Christmas for us all. We are very fortunate to have two wonderful families on both sides who are very kind and very accepting and very invested in food. And mm-hmm. I think that that's how we do it is we, we say I love you through the cooking and it's the cultural exchange aspect I think is Still very fresh and very welcome for everybody, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas or whatever it is that we're celebrating. Everyone is curious about one another. And I, I think that's that's the secret sauce. That's what feels good. That's a very particular blessing, too, I think, when very often when you marry to or in a relationship and you have like two families going on now and one of them, whether it's yourself or your partners, is very much into food and the other one might not be like their way of displaying affection or just liking food in general. With you guys, you're saying both families very into food. It cannot be intimidating over the holiday season because you're visiting both. And it's like, well, we've got to make just physical space in our both bodies and, you know, in our stomachs to make this happen. Is it, is it ever intimidating or is it just always a lot of fun? It's a little intimidating depending on which holiday it is, which parent, you know, which parent's house is being taken over for which celebrating. Yeah. Runs the gamut. Yeah, yeah. Runs the gamut. Who's coming over? You know, but it, generally speaking, it's a great time and- you always have to plan on the stretchy fabrics <laughs> in order yes. to get yourself comfortably through it all. Oh. But what a, what a gift. Honestly, what a gift. My philosophy is when people are chewing, they can't ask you whether you're related to George Soros. So, <laughs> oh my God, that's stitch that on a pillow. <laughs> that's when people when people are chewing, they have their mouths full. They can't ask you if you have relatives who are who have own all the wealth or control the media. You don't get any questions about that. Everyone's chewing. Everyone's having a good time. They're enjoying their latkes. And so there's fewer questions. Everyone's Now, Andrew, I, I am sorry to ask this, but as a journalist, which I'm not, I feel like I have to have you. You've actually been in this situation where you've had to answer these questions. Is that right? I, yeah, I have not happened? been. I have not been. But I'm always I'm always prepared for it. And I don't I don't think I'll ever get those questions unless, you know, I happen to be at a diner and I befriend some some fringe people like out in North Dakota or something like that. Hmm. In which case, again, when mouths are chewing, it makes things a bit easier. So, you you know, you order them, you send them dessert to their table, some cheesecake from off the counter or yeah. something like that. And then that puts an end to that. So I think... Raises the question, are there diners in North Dakota? <laughs> also raises the question, how popular would cheesecake be at a North Dakotan <laughs> diner? Now, my first thought process would be it'd be something fruit-based. I have a thing, I have a feeling that you'd have a better chance offering a fruited pie than you would a cheesed cake because that feels very northeastern although i could be wrong i don't know i did i was i was on tour for a show once and i i didn't go to north dakota but i did go to south dakota 
And they did have they did offer me a cheese plate in South Dakota. So I feel like it's a it's a short skip and a hop to cheesecake, even in a even a place that frigid. Now we're getting to the questions I wanted to ask. What was on the cheese plate? Andrew, what kind of cheese is we talking uh, here? Cheddar? A second kind of cheddar? One that they called chipotle. Of course. Okay. Um, that was one of them. Was a pepper jack okay. with chipotle is how the waitress introduced it to me. I think one was cheddar. I don't remember what the third one was, but there were three. Okay. So there was there was enough variety. I will say when I asked for a cheese plate at this diner, I did get a lot of strange looks. I don't think anyone had ever really requested that they take some slices of cheese and put them on a plate for someone, as opposed to like, you know, shredding them and putting them on a, on top of a bowl of chili or something like that. And I think, you know, because it was a bunch of people on a children's theater tour in a diner in South Dakota, they could probably tell that we didn't belong there for a lot of different reasons. But, you know, at that point, that's why try and blend in once you've hit that point. You don't, you shouldn't well, I do mean, that. Well, South Dakota should be grateful for your existence there. I mean, with no disrespect for our state that has the mountain with all the president's heads on it, but like, That's isn't South their Dakota. population under a million? Sorry. Well, well yeah, South, uh, I thought we were talking about South Dakota. Oh, we're right? talking about North. Who are we taking down? Which Dakota are we putting on blast in this well, episode? I mean, we should, we, we have game, time to dunk on both. I was going to say, if it was up to me, it would be both. I mean, you know, let's just have a single Dakota or none at all. Or maybe just sell it to Canada and maybe we can have something else. I'd love PEI. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect set. One, one can dream. One can wish for it. One, one can dream. One can. So wait, you you said you were presented with the cheese plate, or you ordered the cheese plate at the? I diner? ordered it. That was probably my first okay. mistake. I would say so. Because Gabby, if I remember correctly, your standard order at a diner in New Jersey when you want to test how good it is is the lobster bisque. I think right. That's that's your your go to meal. <laughs> wow, Gabby, really, you are just rolling the dice. Diner aren't you? lobster. I mean, John Mulaney said it. Diner yes. lobster. Diner lobster. Talk about a sea cockroach. <laughs> It is your ultimate Jeez. gauge. That is the ultimate gauge. Do you really get that? <laughs> no, I don't. Bobby is full of. Bobby sits on a. No, Bobby I. Sits I on just was super lines. hoping that was legit. Like you were just going to, because that sounds like I grew up near. I grew up on the Jersey Shore, and like there would be the the stray weekday where they had lobster bisque or, or New England clam chowder. But even for a diner, New England clam chowder, it's like, I don't want to play that game today with you. No. You're a burger place or eggs, the end. Like, that's about where I trust you. If it's if it's not coming off a griddle, I'm not eating it. Yeah. We're from the, the great gray central, nor- central Jersey. So so it's a different world up there, you know. Hotly debated about whether it's central or northern. But we'll leave our, I guess, leave the listeners to. Uh... Oh, I can't, I can't have this argument again. <laughs> We're not going there. Okay, cool. I remember um, I have a, an animator friend, or I should say an illustrator friend vicky lita look her up she's a illustrator in brooklyn she's amazing but she um made a really awesome comic about like central jersey and then north and south and they're just like unicorns and rainbows in the middle and it made me feel seen in the uh fake fight we're having here in in our state about i think always boils down to what do you call the coagulated salted pork log that people enjoy uh at breakfast that's a whole other episode i know well we can't get into that but i feel like that is really the dividing line though right what else what are the other some like one area has pine trees and the other is just close to new york like what is what else divides us i'm not too sure to be honest in that context, I mean, both are related to The Sopranos. They could both be Sopranos episodes. They really could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like they tried to give South Jersey its own HBO The Sopranos with uh, Boardwalk Empire. It just wasn't as... Uh, it didn't It didn't hit the same way. Yeah. It's tough. It's the 20s. So Who is... I, I don't understand this debate between what to call the ham. Who is Taylor? Who is Taylor? <laughs> and what does he want with us? And why is it his ham? Don't you show allegiance to South Jersey with that question? Andrew I'm not Miller? showing any allegiance. I just want to know there's one that's pork roll, and that's the name right. of a food, and one is Taylor right. Ham. 
which involves right. a person. And so I guess I'm just wondering, like, who as someone who hails from Ohio and is not a native Jersey resident, like, I guess that's what I don't understand is like, who, who is Taylor? I was going to say the true Jersey answer is don't worry about it. The real answer is in 1973, when James Taylor was done recording Sweet Baby James, he decided, you know, what goes great with this, a product that's all the worst things about bacon. And we going to put it in a single slab and you can enjoy it with uh, an egg and cheese sandwich and that. No, I don't remember. I think I think the guy's name was like Charles Taylor or something. He like just basically popularized on the leavens of pork uh, in Trenton, New Jersey, if I remember correctly, and went ahead and just like put it in a single mound. It's got all the charm of how Scrapple was invented in Pennsylvania. Does Ohio not have a like preserved meat product that's consumed in the morning times? I mean, bacon. But there's no there's no name attached to that. There's no other one. No, that's I mean, it's it's baked sausage or bacon. But that's I feel like before I came to New Jersey, that was just the standard debate was bacon or sausage. And now I'm hearing that there is, you know, different different kinds of hams, one <laughs> of which you briefly led me to believe had something to do with James Taylor. And to be honest, I preferred that explanation. So I'm disappointed <laughs> that that's that's a fabrication because I no I liked that. Andrew, reality is whatever the hell you want it to be, <laughs> and and like Gabby said, they're just gonna say don't worry about it whenever you ask. So it might as well be your your truth. Maybe it's as secretive as Freemasonry. Who knows? Is that technically free? Like, do you call the act of being a Freemason Freemasonry? Is that a thing? They're they're. Is James Taylor a Freemason? No, but being like. The origins are so secretive. Freemasons are very secretive people. That's a very loose connection oh. I'm trying to make. No, I'm sure. No, no, yeah. I don't know. Bobby, can we look into whether or not there is probably a connection between the origins of the pork roll Taylor ham uh, breakfast product we all know and love and the establishment of the Freemasons in our fair great garden state? Yeah. Okay. Can you do that? Because I don't want oh, to. Oh, sure. Yeah, sorry. I didn't understand. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. While, while I do that, while I look up Freemasonry, which I always thought was building a house no one asked for. Um, Gabby, <laughs> let's start with you. We want to hear from both of you, but greeting cards. Do you use them? Where are you in your journey with them? Do you like them, not like them? Have you used them before? Family? Just give us like a real quick synopsis of your experience with them in your life so far. And only don't be honest. <laughs> Generally speaking, I am a big fan of greeting cards. I inherited the habit from my mom of keeping a collection at home so I'm ready for any and all occasions be it a birthday a wedding a baby shower sympathy cards unfortunately you gotta you gotta be prepared for any and all situations that said I have grown very I don't know if this is a result of New York City pharmacies and their general availability and types of greeting cards but it's grown it's grown harder maybe it's because we're in New York and I'm trying to find cards for like my parents' birthdays or my grandmother's birthday. And like, as we all get older, maybe I get more frustrated with the availability and the content, but, and especially over the holidays, this happened very recently. I was looking for cards for family members that were, you know, very specific, like this is the mom section. This is the grandma section. Sometimes it's a chore. Sometimes I love it. I, I love it when I'm not intending to find it, I think is what I'm getting at. If I find That's a really nice way of putting it. You love it when you're not intending yeah. to find it. When I, I'm there on a whim and I'm just looking through cards because I know I need to stack up. I'll usually find the stuff I like more. But when I'm going there to like get a card for a very specific occasion that I am about to be late for, that's always when it's the highest of stakes. Do you ever purchase a large amount of cards ahead of time for those occasions that are coming up? I try to. I try to like have like the Mother's and Father's Day, like the stuff you can always, I mean, most of the stuff you can rely on because birthdays repeat and holidays repeat. I try to. 
I think I right depending depending on the year and how busy things get sometimes I'll fall off the wagon like this year I kind of fell off but mm. blame that on wedding planning and generally 2022 and all it did to everybody but usually I try to be ahead of it. I feel like buying cards like that ahead of time, because I, I'm with you. I, I think I've only ever done it like a handful of times. It is the definition of best laid plans. Like you think like, oh, I'm going to get these a bunch ahead of time, not have to think about the next 10 birthdays that I know are coming up in the next six months. But life then gets in the way and you find yourself just getting it the week of. And then the frustration sort of sets Oh, up. absolutely. I was even at Walgreens earlier this week buying holiday cards and I could feel these two other people in the aisle around me. Like we were all stressing very silently, but not very silently about the <laughs> same thing because we were all by the spouse cards. Yes. And they were just like, we were, the, the uh, tension was palpable. I had that at a CVS on 14th Street, not too far from Chelsea Market, where I was in there actually looking for the next card we were going to talk about here. And a gentleman and I were both feverishly looking through the cards. And I was like, oh, do you also have a podcast that talks about this a lot? And I said, Dan, it's Bobby. We, we've met. <laughs> well, why? I just don't understand why you had the Groucho Marx glasses on. I, I know what you look like, and you don't have to do that when we're in public. I have a life outside of you. Yeah, oh, you do. I do. Uh, Andrew, how about you? Like greeting cards in your family, in your life, not at all. Where do you fall on sort of the spectrum of use and not use for greeting cards? It's my least favorite part of gift giving. Oh, controversial. All right. it, Hot take here on greetings. I, I long for the days where it was good enough for me to make one on Microsoft Publisher. You remember yes. when you had Microsoft Publisher and there were like the four panels and it would show you how it would fold up when you printed it? And you could just like take some clip art and print it out and fold it and give it to somebody. I, I'm, I'm nostalgic for those days. I feel like I put a lot of thought into a gift. And then a couple of days before <laughs> I'm set to give it, I remember that a card is supposed to go with it. So <laughs> I go to the pharmacy to find a card. And they all have like very sappy language in them and so i try to find the blank ones but i actually i was not a big like mailer of them even though my family was for a while and i i give full credit to the person who is now my wife for turning me on to like Her sending Gabby, cards to people yes she was the one that started to tell me like no it, it actually you should send a card for mother's day even though you don't have a gift for your mother and you should send a card for Hanukkah, even though you're not going to be there. So I, I've evolved on it and I, I send more of them, but it, it, it still stresses me out because I can't, I don't have the convenience of making them myself. I, I don't like that. I don't have the, mm. that locus of power, like the creativity element of it where I could like make my own and send that. So that's, that's tough. That's tough. We're talking about two different spectrums of which greeting cards can be stressful and anxiety giving to the individual. In Gabby's case, it was the act of getting there and not finding the specific one that you're looking for or the different varieties. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Gabby, but basically like the experience of actually going and getting the card. Whereas in your case, Andrew, it's not having the creative, tell me if I'm getting this right, the sort of creative force of I want my particular style, my design, my wingdings font, and then I want to, and then I want, because it's, it's because we, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, where greeting cards are attempting to be an extension of your personal greeting to an individual that is mass produced by a company, because sometimes they're just better at doing it than we can be. 
at least in some cases. But so is, is that how you feel, Andrew, that you, you feel like the, the power is wrought from you to give your full creativity in, in the sentiment of a card? Yeah. And I don't know if that's so different from Gabby's experience of like yeah. wanting it to send the right message and not feeling like you always have the ability to because of what's already in there. And like I said, that's why I opt for the blank ones a lot of time, because I want it to be my message instead of one from some dude who's like, you know, in a cubicle somewhere. What's his name? In my head, my in my head, he's the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character from 500 Days of Summer. Doesn't he get fired from a greeting card? company isn't that his whole oh yeah ghost of jordan brevet <laughs> that's what he is in, in our universe i was thinking of joaquin phoenix and her you remember oh. he he does like a, uh, a... Fo- joaquin gina i'm just gonna keep doing this sorry go ahead <laughs> he he's Buckle part in, of audience. like a, a custom card service right <laughs> like there are people that are too lazy to write these custom notes to each other and his job is to look over footage of people right and to create personal notes off of that isn't that his job in that movie? Yes, he writes in in. I, I'm so grateful we get to bring both these movies back up because <laughs> we've talked about them before. In her Joaquin Phoenix's character, yeah, like basically does personal letters based on experiences. So like you know, this is the very near future where everything is recorded, so it's much easier to see people's lives. And in 500 Days of Summer, he does that common rom com thing where he just explodes at his job, but he does it in the form of like greeting exactly. cards, and that's what makes him lose his job. But he doesn't like it anyways. Doesn't he want to be like an architect or some exactly. shit? Exactly. All right, cool. Very cool. The last card I made myself, this was a very distinct memory because my grandmother bought a coffee maker for my mom that is still there mm. and that we use whenever we stay over there. And my grandmother said to me, like, can you make a card for it? And the present won't be there in time. So will you say, will you like put a picture of the coffee maker in the card? And this is still when my mom had her old computer. And so I went on to Microsoft Publisher and I did like a little border frame that had coffee beans. And when she opened it, there was a picture. It's a ninja coffee maker. And it had a message of like, now getting up in the morning will be easier or something like that. Um, (laughs) And it was just a fun, it's a fond memory for me because like, first of all, it was something I did for my grandmother, but she was also doing something for my mom. And I just remember how happy my grandmother was with what I made when I showed it to her. And I miss having that, being able to make someone feel that way from giving a card. I, I miss having the ability to make that and and give it. And I that, I know that's, being the go-between as part of that and making it for somebody like compounded that. And I don't know when I'll have an opportunity to do that again, but that that's why I say like, I'm fond of the, of the times when I was able to do that. Cause the, the very last time that I did it, that was sort of how it felt. And I think when I go and I shop for one, none of, none of that is present. None of those feelings are present. None of, none of what I'm doing for someone or the thought that I'm putting into it or the time that I'm taking None of that's really present when I go to shop for it. I think that's the thing that I really miss. It feels weird to isolate your emotions in this thing that anybody can buy. That like anybody with the same amount of money as you in that moment, who also has $6.99, can give that same exact word-for-word emotion. It's just kind of odd because I do remember those days of uh, Microsoft Publisher 
and being able to make those cards because publisher isn't even around anymore right i, I work on a mac so I, I don't really remember what's left in office but is publisher even still around? i think it's gone as is the paperclip mascot i think clippy i don't know if clippy is still around anymore how am i gonna learn how to do my microsoft word things how am i gonna know how to get my font up and down <laughs> How am I going to know Control X? Someone straightened him. Yeah. Oh, no. Someone made him into the thing that holds ornaments on trees. <laughs> I'm going to have to just text Bobby all the time whenever I don't remember my shortcuts. Ugh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> can I go back to you for a second? This was curious to me. So one of my chronic failings among many is I often forget to attach a card. Something like what Andrew was saying is I'll have a gift ready and I'll forget I don't have any cards in the house. I did that with a Secret Santa this year. So... You said you have cards at the ready. You just built them up over time. How many do you have just in the stable? You you say it's a birthday coming up. Great. Here's seven cards. Here's five. Here's 10. Like what, what number are we thinking of here in this instance? I, it's hard to give it a number. I have. It's <laughs> that ha- many. Wow. It's not, it's Damn. not even that it's that many. I just, they have their own little container in our apartment. And that's actually, I think when I found it on the container store's website, I was very excited because they came in their own little, like, you know, it, they look like plastic, like. Like filing folders, almost. They mm-hmm. like they. It was oh. a tailor-made like greeting cards box. James Taylor made. Not clarifying. This is not sponsored. <laughs> not not yet. Yet. back again, James Taylor. Back <laughs> well, again. we just lost the yep. Dakotas as sponsors, so we need all the help we can get. I'll be honest. With you. <laughs> the Dakotas. We lost the sponsoring of the states. The container store will surely come to the rescue. But I will go like when I'm at Trader Joe's. So here's a good example. Like I'll go to Trader Joe's and I will. Those cards A are 99 cents and B they're usually pretty fantastic. So if I'm going there and I know it's going to be, you know, a few weeks between stops, I will stock up because they're just, they're great cards to have. You know, I know mm. I'm going to need certain ones like birthdays or weddings or baby, you know, arrival of a new baby. Like there are certain occasions I can bank on that I'll have using. I probably keep, I'd say, I think probably somewhere between 20 and 25 at home right now. Wow. Varying very occasions. I, I really do think that that is a sign of adulthood in the realm of greeting cards like knowing these are going to come up Mm. anyways and that this 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 purchase is going to be it's not like the person who like buys an insane amount of groceries because they hate grocery shopping so much that they're like i'm just gonna get my month done which i find to be of something deeper this is like (laughs) this card and we we again something we've mentioned in episodes like they print the same ones so it's going to be there next month the same way it's going to be this month so you might as well just grab it now so i truly enjoy that and i love that the container store assists with that and goes oh don't worry we've got just the thing you need and then has that prepared for you to buy and sort of hold your cards in i feel like if this podcast evolves beyond the episodes that we predict it might last for then we absolutely should have one of those ready to go bobby when we start buying these for real and start supporting the industry that we've taken so so much i like being a lamprey on the great white shark that is the greeting card industry i don't want to give back i just want to take i'm a parasite we live off the crushed meat bitlins that come off the industry and just enjoy them and re- and regurgitate them here into the great podcast. Thank you for bringing well the said. concept of a lamprey back into my realm of existence. I haven't heard. I have. I. I don't. I don't think I've heard lamprey since like sixth grade, like oceanography, biology, whatever they tried to teach us in middle school. I haven't heard of that fish in a long time. <laughs> I thought they were. They're not like eels, right? They're. They, I mean, they're. They're like. They're like eel like because I guess, they like in the live... grand scheme of things. They're more eel like than not eel like. Let's say that. Do they drink the blood of the shark? 
Wait, I'm I totally think they eat parasites off of the shark. I believe that's what they. Do. I don't oh, know though. That might be. I like, might be thinking of those birds that live in crocodiles' mouths that pick the bits out of their teeth. Yeah, yeah, or the other birds that are like on rhinos' backs, like picking ticks off yeah. them and stuff. Gosh, I hope they're friends. Look, we're one of those. It doesn't matter. One of those parasite-eating things. We're parasites. Or that. And speaking of the opposite of parasites, these fine people, Gabby and Andrew, have brought us not one but two cards. So this is a real boon. They are givers. I mean, uh, Santa's sleigh was full of cards and we got dumped on heavily with cards so i have emailed both sets to you and uh if you guys want to open those up and for the listener if they want to send us a card to look at or just to talk about uh they can get in touch with us at greetings pod on instagram or at greetings cast on twitter for however long that lasts um <laughs> any, any day, day now, now. We're going to start with Gabby's card, which is only one page, and then we're going to move on to Andrew's. So whenever we're ready, Gabby, if you want to open up the card once again and just uh, describe it for the listener. Dan, this is the first time Dan's seeing it. I've seen it because I, I sent it to the group. So tell us about tell us what you see here, Gabby, and then we just want to know where you found it and why it caught your eye Like uh, whenever you're ready. So the card itself has the top half of the front of it has a very panicked-looking pug wearing a pink knitted turtleneck. And the front text of the card says, when you accidentally open a text and now you have to reply, it's supposed to be the vantage point of the panic moment, because we've all been there. (laughs) Oh, every one of us. The inside of the card says, then, thanks for being someone I actually like to text back. (laughs) Oh. Inside of the card, not pictured here for the the audience. Gabby's just reading that from... uh, from a previous uh, uh, image. Correct. Um, and this one is not a Christmas card. I should have said at the front. So we're going to move into Christmas. But Gabby had sent this to me a while ago, and I always wanted to get it in. So this is a sort of bonus treat for us as we close our Christmas cards. Gabby, where did you find this? And why out of all the cards in a gigantic rack did this one grab your attention? I found this at my local Rite Aid in Manhattan. If memory serves, I was searching for... Trying to base this on the date that I took the photo. <laughs> I was, Do some sleuthing. I was probably looking for a birthday card for somebody earlier in the fall. It just, it caught my eye. Well, I mean, how do you not look at that poor pug? And you know first, what, fair. How yeah. do you not, how do you not, as a not catch your eye? I just found it so ridiculous because it's a card about a very niche moment of texting, which is kind of is starting to be, I'm realizing being rendered useless because now you can leave texts unread if you've got certain software updates going. Oh, it's already outdated, really, in, in a way. I didn't know this, that this card already is sort of on its way out in terms of how relevant it is to our times. I think it is and it isn't. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself just because I'm excited about my new phone and its ability to do that. But <laughs> it's a feature I've been waiting for for so long. Um, I just found it funny that it was centered around this whole pantheon of communication that is texting and that is all of like the weird awkwardness of leaving something unread and wanting to text someone back, but it's in a card form. I probably found it funny. I have a feeling I was looking for a birthday card for my grandmother who is 91 and does not text. And Mm. I mean, I can't really call her a Luddite because she didn't want to conform to technology to begin with. But I think I think I (laughs) I think I found it funny because I was looking for, you know, this is a person in my life who appreciates cards but also kind of finds them ridiculous at points trying to find the right one she goes through the same struggles we all go through nonna nonna really is the everyman (laughs) 
So I found it funny. Feels the struggles we all feel. Exactly. Like this would not be a card I'd give to her, but I found it funny that in my quest to find her right birthday card, this was what I. You came across this. Exactly. What strikes me immediately about this card is what it took to get this photo from this dog. Now, first <laughs> off, we decided to put it in a turtleneck, which is some, you know, ethic questions that we can all talk about a little bit later. We'd also, the dog looks very surprised and is clearly on a carpeted floor. So I feel like this dog is either getting some great belly rubs or was probably sleeping in that turtleneck. And the photographer made a bit of a loud noise like a bah! And then that dog woke up and you had a split second to get this photo. And then that photographer went, I'm a millionaire now because I'm going to put this in a greeting card. I can't think of another situation where you get a pug to look like this, especially one who's got, this one's got especially chubby cheeks. Am I wrong on that one? I feel like it's muzzle, you know, the front of its face is much more, it just looks puffier than I think it's the angle. It's got to be that. Maybe it's the angle, yeah. You're tucking it all up into the the jowls in this instance. Yeah, I think gravity is not really his friend here. I think it's not at all. No, no. We're getting to the age, all of us, where gravity will soon become our sworn enemy. Like it's all, it's all downhill from here, folks. Let's, let's, you know, end the year on a high note. As far Absolutely. As <laughs> I'm feeling it already. Thanks, Gravity. Um, doing I was the devil's say, work. You're doing the devil's work, Gravity. <laughs> this card also wouldn't have made sense 15 years ago. Something, Gabby, we've noticed is when cards tend to be very trendy, they often don't have a long shelf life because this card mm-hmm. would have made no sense 15 years ago. And if you're right, and we now have the ability to keep ourselves secretive when we're opening text it could be irrelevant in a couple years anyway so the shelf life of some of these literally and figuratively is quite short which i'm always surprised by that is a good point and for somebody who learned this trend of buying cards and kind of stockpiling them for future use like my mom keeps her cards at home in like a vintage like snakeskin suitcase that she found at like a she found an antique shop years ago and you can't actually use it for travel, but it's great for storage when they don't have to go anywhere. So that's where she keeps her cards and it's fabulous. But (laughs) she's got stuff that goes back to like, you know, there have been occasions where I've gone to some sort of gathering from her house and I've needed to go through her stash to find something appropriate. And there are cards that I remember looking at from probably 2005 and even earlier. So it's, it would be interesting to go back into her stash and see how much has actually stayed relevant and how much is very much frozen in time. The cultural relevancy, oh, yeah. especially when you're talking about technology, because it's one thing to touch on celebrities or say something about somebody who's famous in a time period, but it's also really something, this is very particularly about technology and even more specifically what the technology does in its like works. So I feel like it's the equivalent of having like this same pug, but it's got more of a sweater vest from like the seventies. And on the side of it, it says when you accidentally skip the record because you forgot to clean the needle of its dust while listening to the newest James Taylor record. Listen, I'm going to keep mentioning his (laughs) he's back. I'm going to keep mentioning him in case we get that retweet. That's all that matters here. You know James Taylor, who's famously on Twitter? Yeah, but it's just something like that. Like, it's 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 the reference to a technology and so specific that this has a shelf life of maybe even another eight months until, like, something else comes around and, and completely changes it. Well, can I ask again, Gabby, what's, what's the message on the inside of the card? The message on the inside says, thanks for being someone I actually like to text back. So the other thing that kind of strikes me about that is, like, the card is not tied to any, like, holiday or person. Like, it's not like a card that references a holiday or it's not a card. It, it doesn't even like 
really strike me as a thank you card. It doesn't even say birthday, does it? Uh, yeah, it's not like a birthday card. There's there's no real occasion or a person that it's tied to. So it, it really just kind of lives in a vacuum where like the text message is the joke and that's kind mm. of it. And it doesn't really have any other reason to <laughs> exist except the, the adorable face of the pug on the front being shocked awake by the photographer, theoretically. But I don't know, there's not... There's not really much more context than that. I'm pretty sure it was pulled from like the just for fun section of the cards. I think I... You know that thing we all do? We just give each other cards for fun. I was going to say, that's just for fun. I I think like cards like this, I just want to say, I feel like are more sport utility cards where you can find, you will write the happy birthday in there or the season's greetings or the hope you're doing well. Like this is one of those kind of cards where... You've got this, this, it's, it's one of those cards in the great milieu that are trying to isolate on your inside joke with your friends, but because they're a corporation, they can only do that so far. Mm. So they're just going to, you know, shoot in the dark that you and your friend have this and maybe it'll work. And then you can write in the also, so sorry about what I said about your (laughs) uncle on the moth. It's just how I feel about him. And the moth's all about truth. So... (laughs) I just think that's not a very high bar to say, thanks for being a person I actually want to text back. Yeah, when I talk to my CIA informant, you know, they know that I like to text them. I don't think a card <laughs> needs to memorialize it. They're getting to the point where they don't need the kind of information you're giving them. Very true. All, all relationships have to evolve or they die. You grow or you die. It's like sharks. <laughs> it's like sharks. Like, like sharks and lamprey. <laughs> they got to evolve or they die. Bring it up sharks back. Really are the, they really are the CIA of the ocean. <laughs> What also strikes me about this card is that it's joking in a way about ghosting someone and the format of the message is is almost its polar opposite. Ghosting and sending a card like could not be farther away from each other on a spectrum yeah. of outreach. Oh, that's true. Yeah, one requires a fair amount of forethought. You have to absolutely walk in with the intent of doing this and then ghosting is the, the lack of intent in many ways. Like you're, I'm not even thinking about you in a way. Or is it full of intent? <gasps> oh. Oh, my stars. I grasped my pearls. I don't know. I got to mull on this a little bit because uh, I, uh, Gabby, I want to think about this one. And Andrew, I want to uh, allow you to uh, introduce us to the second card that we're doing. This one has two pages and this one is a holiday card. So I want to start with, I want to ease us back into the holiday. So Andrew, if you would describe to us page one of the card that you sent along and how you got to it and why you brought it here. So I, I'm, I'm struck by this because the <laughs> the front of this card is not, the setup for a message like Gabby's is it is a Christmas maze. And so at the top, it says a Christmas maze for you. And then there's Santa kind of scratching his head, looking lost, which is never a good sign. Um, and <laughs> there's, yet. it's like a Where's plastic, <laughs> it's like a plastic tube maze with a little metal ball. Um, you know, those like those old school little mazes that you used to get as a kid. So it's like a plastic maze with a metal ball on it. And then there are reindeer in the bottom left corner that are that seem to be smiling and having a good time, despite the fact that Santa is already lost, saying, help Santa get to your house. And so the the end goal of the maze is presumably my house, even though the house in the bottom right corner of the card doesn't look like my house at all but santa's lost (laughs) so i'm not surprised if he's sort of confused about where i live that's the front of the card you seem very troubled by the possibility that santa would have gone wayward and it's in your voice i can hear the tremble in your voice when you talk there is a there is a 
I just think given the fact that he's done this for such a long time, why would he be lost on any particular year? Is it cognitive decline? Is it, um, (laughs) you know, that's as, as a Jewish person who worries about other people as a pastime, that's where my mind jumps to. I, I get worried. I get concerned. That's fair. I mean, his diet doesn't really prove to him that that would be a good thing to have for mental health, like cookies and milk on a regular basis, also working only once a year. What I'm saying is you need you need balance and routine, and he's got neither of those things. Yeah. So and he's, he's a million years old. Yeah. He's counting and on us. OSHA is all over his workshop. I mean, nothing's been formally indicted yet, but come on. There's a lot of labor happening there all all under the table. You know, nothing on the books. Something's got to yeah. get eventually. And also, not to be a Sierra Club busybody over here, but is the reindeer an endangered species or one that we have to worry about? I feel like their numbers are not great. I don't know, but the ones on this card look very happy. Um, they do. That's. I mean, in fairness, the, the the ranger do not look worried, and I feel like they'd be the first to know if something was amiss with with. Yeah. Samuels. Maybe they're maybe they're happy because for once they don't have to do the the uh, bidding of this elder gentleman who lives in the Arctic Circle and has forced them once a year to go to every single house in the world, which is not a thing that reindeer are even known to do. I now I'm even. They're not horses. They don't go like distances. I think they're known for spurts. So I, you know. <laughs> Another thing I have to ask, I think that we had this uh, question before about, oh, it was whether or not m- mooses would have been a better choice. And the short answer is no. But horses are the best choice for this kind of job, right? Why are we doing reindeer? I think there's yeah. something ornamental about the horns. Not ornamental. Th- this is about the utility of the creature in general. <laughs> We've got to get these gifts out. We've got to get these presents out. Ornamentation can wait for another day. This maze is insane to me. Because if you look at it, even if I was a child, there are clear endings to all the other areas. It's not like when you're drawing on the same kind of maze and you, you know, you're doing it with like a pencil and you're trying to follow it to the end where you could see where you're kind of getting lost. It's very clear where this ball is going to have to stop. So much so that these kind of mazes are often circular, aren't they? The ones that have divots and usually require a um, metal ball and you sort of like shake it around to get to the center. Mm -hmm. That would have been a better design than this one because this just looks like a bunch of wacky piping for a cartoon home. I think part of it, it's sort of easy to map out the route, but part of it is like the physical ability to actually get the metal ball to the end goal of the maze. There's like a physical aspect to it as opposed to just taking a pencil and tracing it. But I see what you mean. Even, even that, I think it sort of depends on the age of the child that you give it to, because, you know, if you give this to a 14 year old, they're going to be like, this is, this is not a replacement for a PlayStation five. Like, I don't know (laughs) why you gave this to me or your love stepmom. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, whereas if you give it to a three-year-old or a four-year-old for whom the concept of a maze is still a novel thing, um, right. it, it might just have the the right amount of, of complexity. Unless it's a sophisticated four-year-old that's got its own YouTube channel. That's true. Um, in, in which case they already have more social media acumen than I do. I feel like if you gave this to the right or very wrong, depending on how you look at it, child, <laughs> this would stress, I mean, this is maybe coming from how I would have perceived this when I was someone who used to believe in Santa Claus. Like, this would stress me out. If I didn't finish the maze, would Santa find my house? This is a little unnerving. 
Oh, you're oh. feeling the pressure of what if I don't? What if he doesn't? Right. That's such a good point. And you know that there is a terrible parent out there that is absolutely doing this to their more rowdy child and being like, well, you have to be good and figure out this maze. And if you don't figure it out and sit down politely while, uh, you know, your mother and I finish these city plans that we're working on because we're making our own city, don't you know, then Santa's not coming around with his probably not treated well reindeer to get you gifts. This may be worse than the elf on the shelf. This this is this is uh, a maze for the craze. Gabby, this is. This Amazing is profound. I'll, I mean, I'll, ta- I'll take a counterpoint. I, I like this. I think as a kid, I would have enjoyed this. Although I do understand the stress if you're considerate people like Gabby and Andrew. But if you're a bit of a small smidge of a sociopath like me, you mostly just have fun with <laughs> and the card. And I'm going to go ahead and um, take that counterpoint and do a counterpoint to that with one other thing that's really grinding my gears here. You'll notice towards the end of the maze, there are three endings that could legally be defined as my home. And also, by the way, not my home because I don't live in a gingerbread house with a chimney. But if you notice, there are three exits. And all those exits, or endings, I should say, all those endings are in the vicinity of each other, meaning they're both at the end to the home. So am I giving Santa a handicap here, like in golf? Like, is it just, well, any three of these will do. Just land here, you're fine. Like, there's only so much of the front yard you're going to scrape up. Or... I think the ending is supposed to be the one near the word finish that's kind of circular, but either way so. it makes me angry. Yeah, but either way it angers me that you didn't think to like, you know, take out the other two. So it's it's it, we've indicated clearly that there's an entrance and an exit. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It feels like the the other two are there to say to you, well, he got close enough, but he's <laughs> not there and you failed to get him to your house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the cruelest like, turn of all that he it's, saw. It's him a good lesson for kids of like you can do everything right and still lose. Yeah. Wow. The holidays are a lot about failure. I agree with you, Andrew. So I maybe that's the lesson that we're meant to take from that. That's beautiful. Sometimes you try so hard and he still doesn't show up. Kids got to learn that early. That's. that's I, I'm still chewing on what Gabby said about this because there's a certain mantle of responsibility for help Santa get to your house. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like the elves factory or to the North Pole, like to your house or to Cleveland in general, just or to Cleveland, code. which is what this should have been, because that's the destination. That's the tourist destination for everyone. Help Santa gets a Cleveland. <laughs> uh, excuse me, as a watcher of the Drew Carey show, it absolutely would be. And I would let Santa know that Cleveland rocks. <laughs> and it does. And it does. Yeah. As someone who grew up there. Um <laughs> Santa really needs to get everywhere, but he really needs to get to Cleveland because the gifts, the gifts help. You guys don't have the, I know it's Cincinnati, but do you guys also have the chili with the spaghetti on it? No, no, that's a Cincinnati thing. Um, Okay. Cleveland is, Cleveland is a lot of like kielbasa and pierogies. It's, it's a lot of Eastern European food because I think it, it was originally a lot of folks, you know, Polish folks from those countries, Eastern Europe. Who came to Cleveland? the The chili is further south, um, uh, and I am, I'm perplexed by it. I'm far enough away from that corner of my state that that I don't, I, I I don't know. Chili on spaghetti, like just chili on spaghetti, as opposed to like a piece of something else. I I don't know that I I really get. 
That's, I mean, that's I, not I, us. That's not Cleveland. I've been both very hungry and very drunk. And so I can see myself <laughs> enjoying that with cheese. And also speaking about food I would enjoy while inebriated, uh, the Buckeye candy that I have seen before that I also know is an Ohio staple. You guys Buckeyes some, are delicious. You guys have got some some real good treasures over there in your state with so many presidents coming from it. Yeah, we're serious about our Buckeyes, but you only get them if you help Santa get to your house. If Santa doesn't make it to your house. He gets dumped in Cincinnati, the Dakotas <laughs> of, of Ohio. And then they go. put it in the chili. They put it in the chili. There is a little bit of cocoa in that in that specific type of chili, the really finely ground one. There is. Um, so maybe that's where it ends up if it doesn't end up tasty. at your house. If you if you don't get Santa to Cleveland in time, you don't get a chocolate Buckeye, but you do get hit with a bunch of the Buckeye nuts, which those can really put a dent in your skull if Calvin can. And Hobbes is to be believed. They can. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, do you want to take us to uh, the final page? The This is the, uh, the the inside, the stinger of the card. Can you read for us what it says? And then we'll, we'll all do our reactions to what I perceive to be possibly the best thing to happen to comedy. All right. Stop. So... <laughs> I hope my delivery is not riding on this as well. Like, I mean, it is, but don't worry. All right. Yeah. Hope Santa brings you Christmas surprises in all shapes and sizes. Merry Christmas to a amazing you. So you're not laughing. So I'm wondering if this is me now. No, it's not. No, yet. we're deciding. I'm slow clapping. Gabby, I mean, first reactions. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the exterior to the interior? How do you feel about the buildup and then the denouement? of the card as the musical baby likes to say in its lyrics what a journey what a ride um <laughs> that's a deep cut <laughs> i don't know this is... they'll sponsor us <laughs> God, I, <hope laughs> I don't think i don't think i don't think Malpy and shire are, are sponsors that you want given, <laughs> their, <enough>. given their <laughs> track record <laughs> oh okay yeah fair enough that's true <laughs> Malpy and shire don't at me if you're listening <laughs> we may have to cut that um <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that out later but I'm still, I mean, I'm stuck on a few things here. I don't even know if I can get to the inside of this until I get past this portion from the front of the card. The maze. You're still stuck want, in the maze, as I it am, were. I literally and figuratively, I'm still stuck in the maze. The thing that strikes me visually for the listeners out there is that the maze looks like, if you are a child of the 90s and remember very niche gummy snacks, it looks like String Thing. Do you guys remember String Thing? I do I don't remember, remember String, string thing. thing. I remember Hold String on. Thing, sure. It was, Wait, I'm looking it up. It was kind of like a fruit roll-up where, like, on this, like, flat design, and you kind of had to peel it off. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I used to bundle those up. I used to peel them, but then crush them into a ball anyway and, and eat them as, as a single entity. <laughs> I, rem- I remember these, and these only would have been consumed by me at the mercy and pity of other kids in the lunchroom because there's no way my parents would have let me have this in my home. There was definitely a bit of a fatwa against certain kinds of sugary snacks mm. and it was hard to tell which was which is going to get the business and string thing is the fact that it's called thing in the title means right. that my parents were going to say absolutely not even if they were healthier than some snacks which you know sometimes they would be with the fruit juice content but just on the name alone my parents were probably like absolutely not so right. i needed to have a friend who would let me eat theirs or at least Fair. a piece of it yeah that's how you feel about the front of it gabby right is kind of like have that revelation and then moving towards the inside is are you made better by this transition to the next page or do you feel more neutral or do you feel like you have lost more has is is your heart even emptier now that we get there <laughs> i have to go with the absolute last option my heart's a little emptier once i make it to ain't, the end ain't we all yep but gabby i don't know if you understand 
it's a, it's the word amazing, but they've changed the second syllable to the word maze, thereby linking it to the first page. I mean, are you, that what that is, Bobby? Are yeah. you mansplaining the inside of this card to me? I'm trying. Whoa. If you didn't interrupt me so much, I could I could get through it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a fan, Gabby, of the. You think the inside is a bit of. A, do you do you like the maze, and then it's just the letdown of the inside? Is it a bit like opening the present? Sometimes the anticipation is a little nicer than the actual present. Is that what it is? I think I'm more struck by the fact that the front of the card makes you do so much work, and then you get hit with the insult of the stupid pun. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that this card like challenged you and then at the end the prize was just not worth the juice wasn't worth the squeeze essentially like you fully leave you, you'll just like angrily put the card back on the shelf that's already like been clearly picked over and you just kind of leave muttering like braga, 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 braga. it does it does have the feeling of like doing uh, like studying and doing the sats and instead of getting a grade that may or may not help you get to a certain college you just get one of those coupons for a free frosty that you get <laughs> and halloween it's like, this wasn't a fair trade-off at all. Exactly. This doesn't, this doesn't feel like it did anything for me. I never would have gotten there, that specific example, but yes. Well, that's what I do with my brain and my and, and the energy that I've been given on this earth, so. And you, we're, all, you be- we're all better for it, Dan. I appreciate someone lying to me. Bobby doesn't do it enough. <laughs> I don't. Andrew, do, no. you feel, do you feel the same as Gabby? Is it the letdown? Are you into the, once again, I cannot stress enough, There's the pun <laughs> is the word maze in amazing, and I feel like surely you'll defend it amongst these cynics here well first i just want to point out that even on the inside of this card it's not committal on the subject of whether or not you've successfully completed the maze because it says hope hope santa brings you christmas surprises in all shapes and sizes as if it's possible hope santa will will make it and bring you christmas surprises but he might not if he doesn't make it because he's lost or something or you've you failed you've really lost previous... faith in santa this this card has shaken you to the core about your faith in it... santa's ability to get to and fro well the card doesn't seem to have confidence in me either <laughs> is what i'm saying is it's leaving it it's leaving it up to hope like it's not saying like hey you did it on the inside so that's one issue that i have with it merry christmas to amazing you i i mean First of all, the I don't like the way that the sentence is structured. I think it should say like, hope you have an amazing Christmas. Like I don't, I, I feel like that's easier to grasp and you can let the pun sort of exist mm. in, a, in a simpler way than saying Merry Christmas to amazing you, which feels sort of patronizing of like, oh, it's either like, oh, you're, you're still great, even though you were too dumb to do the maze correctly. Or, oh, good job, you did it. Like, here's a Nancy Pelosi clap because you, <laughs> you did, you did the maze. That was um, going to be my card this week, and then then you guys came along. It was just going to be a Nancy Pelosi clap and just the said, Poli- yeah, the famous happy, Pelosi clap from that holiday. one State of the Union where she's yeah. like giving Trump that like, oh, you did it clap. Right. Um, I agree with Andrew that it almost feels like the last sentence is, is somewhat poorly translated. You know, it's uh, have an amazing Christmas would be, you know, so much a simpler route than than this other sentence they've concocted. Damn, what were you going to say? You, you were you were talking. No, I was going to say that you were just going to send the gif of Nancy Pelosi just doing the slow clap. I was we going to yeah. have to talk about that for an hour. Which yeah, I sure I was. just don't know. I just don't know if that's a rib with enough meat on its bones. I'm glad we're doing we're doing a card as per the usual rigmarole of what we do. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. So I think we're about at that time, Gabby and Andrew. I don't know if you're aware, but at the end of every episode, we uh, have a metaphorical fridge and a metaphorical trash can, and you and get to literal. tell us. And literal. We have a literal mm-hmm. fridge and literal trash I've been can. Buying a lot of fridges. Yeah. It's real expensive and space consuming. But well, yeah. having the fridge in the garage means that you've really made it. So Oh, the fridge think, in the garage. Yeah, Upper which class. is tough because I live in a two bedroom apartment, so the garage is someone else's apartment, but he knows it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I was about to say his name, then I'm like, let's not let's not name a tenant of my apartment. Yeah, on let's the not say Frank's name. To. He he might not let's, like it. <laughs> yeah, let's not say Frank. <laughs> Frank Grimes' name. Oh, <laughs> crap, last name. Uh, yeah, so, sorry, Bobby, go on. No, uh, Gabby and Andrew, we uh, rank the cards. How long would you keep it, and where would you put it on the fridge, if indeed it even makes it to the fridge? So, um, Andrew, do you want to go first and tell us both cards? So, would you keep them, for, and for how long, uh, where, where would they be? So, you have the honors, sir. The card with the pug would probably go in the trash. Immediately, I, okay. I, I, don't under, I don't know the context I, I just don't know what I get from it. The texting mm. thing, like to me, I read that and because my brain is overly technical, I'll I'll look at that and, and be like, well, I don't have read receipts turned on on my phone. So nobody knows when I've opened a text or not. So I, I, I don't ever get this feeling. I, I don't have the read receipts on. So not only do I, does it not like resonate with me emotionally, but it's not tied to any specific event or person so I would probably enjoy the note that's inside, and then I, I would throw it away is probably what I would do. Okay. This card does not speak to you and therefore does not deserve time, space, or effort in your life because it truly does not have any resonance with your existence. Yeah, I would hesitate for a moment because the pug the pug is cute, but so are no, all no the No one's got a qualm with the pug. Let's, let's say that right no. now. No, one, no one's got a qualm with the pug. No, the that pug- is not a pug ugly dog. No, the pug is wonderful, but I there's 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 always cute animals on Reddit. So like why you know, why hang on to this particular one when I when I can just see cute animal videos on Reddit. So I I don't think I'm hanging on to that one. Now the maze the maze is interesting to me because there's an element of guilt to it that as a Jewish person resonates with me <laughs> of like this constant threat of of letting someone down. That is something that emotionally I resonate with. I, I feel like it's interesting that you guys give the option of the fridge or the trash, because if it's on the fridge, like that's something for me to do if I'm bored. Like if I'm getting something from the fridge, the maze is there and I can like visually trace the path through the maze as like a way to entertain myself if I need a moment. So I feel like in that way, graphically, that that's a good place for it. So I, mm-hmm. I think that that one would actually, plus you don't need to open it. Yes, you don't need to see the second page. You could kind of put a bag over its head metaphorically and just, you know, keep the good part. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that one stays on the fridge for me just because, yeah, there's a lot going on in the front. And I I think I can I can vibe with that. Any particular place like like placement wise, would you put it near the bottom, near the top eye line? Like where would you want to see this card? Or is it sort of like, yeah, I'll keep it. But it's kind of in the shadows, you know. Yeah, I don't think, you know. Just just like with with guilt from members of a Jewish family, it's underneath the surface. So it should be not in your direct eye line. It should be in a different part of the fridge. I'd put it near the upper portion or the bottom portion. It doesn't get that prime real estate in eye level, but it, it's there. It's there. It exists. All right. Uh, Gabby, 
point, counterpoint, or counter-counterpoint? Where are you putting these cards, either on the fridge or in the trash or some combo thereof? So I would actually agree with Andrew on placement for both of them. I would take it a step further with the Christmas maze card. I would probably keep it on the fridge, not necessarily on the front, but like if you've got like the side of the fridge that's like, you know, if it's on, like if you could like glance up at it when you're like, you know, making dinner, you're chopping something, you're chopping some vegetables, you just kind of look and see what's there. It's not on the front of the fridge with all your, like, save the dates and your magnets from your Broadway shows. Oh, but it's you want, this... like, the side of the fridge, like, like not even on the mm. handle, the handle think, front. Wow. I think it's, like, a seasonal a seasonal side of yeah. the fridge edition. Um, I like that. And I would probably, because it's so funny, I think it would be a good, um, although you could bring it out to the front of the fridge, I think it's a good conversation piece if you decide to have a holiday party, if that is your jam. Mm. Um, you could debate about, you know, how ridiculous the card may be, what the, the motives of those reindeer are, if the card does make you feel guilty. <laughs> I think you should actually probably keep it. It could become kind of a decoration that you keep in a, you know, keep in that box at the top of your closet from year to year and you bring out what fond memories of this Christmas maze. This um, is groundbreaking stuff. We've never had the side yeah. of the fridge before. So uh, a greetings first. Uh, I can't believe I that I am married to this thoughtful person. I'm an incredibly <laughs> lucky individual. I'm glad we're having this beautiful revelation on our podcast. This makes <laughs> us look great. Yeah. And and it's what just, about the pug though, Gabby? Or sorry, uh, Dan, go ahead. You were going to say something first. No, no, no. I was just gonna. I was just gonna echo what you said, Bobby. That I'm very happy we've gone three dimensional with the fridge now because there is another option to be had, and I think that's lovely. Um, oh yeah. But yes, to to go with what Bobby was going to say and take it from him, uh, Gabby. What is your thoughts on our pug card? Where how are we feeling with that? Oh, the poor pug. I just this the, the state of this poor pug upsets me personally. I find I don't I don't want to <laughs> I don't I don't want to see a dog in distress. And I know generally speaking, pugs always look a little worried. So that's not my fault or their fault. It's just the way nature intended. It's a little their fault if you think. About it. <laughs> mm-hmm. eh. They could have evolved differently. That, no, no, they could have evolved differently. Su- <laughs> Susan, you could have just done better. Um, yeah, Susan. <laughs> I don't know. I this would go right in the trash for me. It. It upsets me. Had they get the poor, poor turtleneck on this dog? Were they trying to do a dog version of Love Actually, where they were competing with Colin Firth for turtleneck, you know, <laughs> appreciation? I just it upsets me a little bit too much. I, that poor dog just looks so worried. And I'm I have to say I am a little embarrassed by a, a comment I made earlier about how the technology is outdated. I wasn't even thinking about read receipts, which have been around forever. I was thinking mm-hmm. more about leaving a text unread. So, wow. Okay. Both both angles work, you know, both both yeah. things. And uh, I would see the uh, the love actually starring only dogs uh, if someone were to offer it to me. You know, where's Netflix dogs on actually. that? Dog, that yeah, sounds incredible. Actually, <laughs> notice how like the only reason why we changed the title is because now we've just completely cast it with dogs. It's still love, actually, probably still the same dialogue and plot, but because it's dogs, we have to say dogs, actually, which kind of demeans the point of the whole title to begin with. But I think I, the scene it, that I would want to see the most with dogs would be the one where the guy's at the the doorway with the the written cards. Oh mm. yes, and he's like, "My wasted heart will love you until I look like this." Um, <laughs> I think see? that with a dog, like a, a, like a comically large dog too, like a great Dane or a Bernese mountain dog. Um, just like holding these signs in his mouth, I guess is what he would have to do. <laughs> I, hey, I you're the director, that. not us. You got to tell us what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my, my directing career ends with uh, a college class. That's the last time that I directed. So I don't, I don't know if you want me helming this. You probably want, you know, like your Michael Bay or. Uh, Ryan Johnson or you know someone who's hot right now 
Michael Bay or Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Those are our two options, guys. And they're both lovely. They're both lovely options. We can't rob Richard Curtis of clearly his next, you know, Love Actually spawned, unfortunately, like the Valentine's Day, the New Year's Eve movies. Like Richard Curtis, yeah. I feel like this is Richard Curtis's clear next move is Love Actually with dogs actually was it not were they also like written by or produced by the what was his name who did all the did pretty woman and all those other movies oh gary marshall Wait, were they weren't they gary marshall classics like in in the written category valentine's day and new year's eve or whatever were yeah and mother's day was right wasn't that one of his last ones there was a mother's day oh no <laughs> there was with julia roberts yeah oh, yeah i remember no. talking about this yeah they look just as atrocious yeah you know gary marshall he his kingdom dried up pretty quickly after those uh, early ones, like Pretty Woman. I think he did Runaway Bride, right? Oh, he, he sure did. The Prince. Uh, yep. yep. The Princess Diaries, however, maybe may have been his. Well, the answer is yes. If you're about to say one of his best, the answer is yes. Oh, absolutely, okay? one of his best. That was the movie that made me want to also live in an abandoned fire department with my divorced artist mom in San Francisco. Right. I know. That- Yes, that's what I wanted. And then I am the princess of Genovia. Believe me, that's that was a, a childhood boyhood dream of mine. <laughs> Great. Now Dan will never get to sleep tonight. Thanks a lot, Gabby. Yeah, <laughs> again, I'm going to be I'm so full of beans already. I've only seen Love Actually tangentially, to be very honest with you, like in little snippets. And uh, one was, if I remember correctly, you've seen Love Obliquely Martin. is what you're telling us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, love Opaquely. I, I remember one scene. Where tell me if this is wrong? Where Martin Freeman is nude, uh, doing a, a sex scene for a movie. Yes. Am I getting that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'd love for dogs to do that. That'd be great. <laughs> I'd love to get. I don't know which dog Martin Freeman is. Probably just a, like a a short haired Labradoodle or something, or or a Labrador Retriever. I mean to say, mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't know what he would be. Something with shaggy blonde hair. But that's what I would like to see out of movies. And I don't think that's so hard to ask Hollywood. <laughs> I don't think so either. And you get to rank the card now too, Dan. This is uh, oh yeah. You got to keep going. Giving Hollywood the business and getting to rank a card. Uh, okay, so I think I'm going to be bucking a little bit of the trend here. Um, I'm not a big fan of this Christmas maze card. I find it to be an ecological disaster. There's just so much goddamn <laughs> plastic in this thing. And that's true. Here's the thing, and uh, I'm kind of resonating with what Andrew said. Now, I grew up with, it wasn't Jewish guilt, but it was Catholic guilt. Mm. And, you know, talking about how, like, being afraid of where Santa is and what's going on with him and how he's going to make his destination. But unlike Jewish guilt, what Catholics often do is you just tamp down those bad emotions and keep them down and keep them down and cover them with marble and gold, and then one day you die. So I don't know (laughs) if I'm going to feel any better having this on the fridge because it's just going to make me think about this scared man who's probably abusing these poor what i'm going to guess are endangered deer in order to get to his destinations and my only way to make myself feel better about that is a plasticky maze that you know i'm a smart boy i can figure this out it's not going to take too long to go quickly because i don't think i said it earlier i think the inside is a nightmare why is santa emphasized why is christmas surprises emphasized they emphasize the weirdest words in this Mm -hmm. and i know that it's santa i agree with you about using the word hope i don't know why you couldn't say may santa bring you christmas surprises and then i I just agree with you with merry christmas to amazing you not an amazing you which also is not grammatically correct but sounds a little bit better uh have an amazing christmas there's so many ways we could have gone by this this doesn't get a space on the fridge. I'm sorry. I'm I'm already anxious. Now I'm going to be awake because of all the anxiety I've given myself about this card. This will stay on my kitchen table. I'm going to I'm going to give you a new one, Bobby. This goes on my kitchen table if 
my roommates, maybe younger nieces and nephews come over, or younger cousins, or if I happen to be going to a Christmas party or a holiday party and we need to entertain the youngins somehow, here's a bad maze from a card. Go nuts, kids. <laughs> We're going to talk politics over here. So this will go to the first child who I think will enjoy it. I'll even find a child as I swing open the windows early in the morning and I go, you there, what, what day is it? And they go, <laughs> it's Christmas Day, Mr. Conroy. And then I throw this down at them and they go, you didn't have to throw trash at me. And then we have a nice exchange and then I give them half a crown, which apparently was money in a different time. So that's where this card goes to a uh, Victorian child. Um, <laughs> and to answer about the pug, you know, I know the pug is a little distressed, but dog cards always get a special place on the fridge for me. So I don't like that the pug looks like it had to be surprised unnecessarily in order mm. to attain this photo. I agree with you. And we've had conversations on the podcast before, guys, about the, those kinds of photos that it not necessarily can sense the problem, but also maybe communication of how you got that photo wasn't great. And this is one of them. Let's keep this one up on the fridge, I'll say, for like three to four days so I can enjoy the this cute little dog. And then I start to feel guilty about how much fun I'm having with it because, again, this dog had to be scared. And then we'll throw it away. I don't really get anything out of the text joke because I still just ignore text sometimes. And then I just apologize later. <laughs> so that's where I think I find it. Well, now that you've broken our system, I'll go. Um, I... <laughs> I didn't. What, what system did I break? You put oh, it on the, 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 the table. Yeah. All right. The sorry. This is yeah, a whole right. new axes we have to do. No, I'm I'm excited because Gabby you, made a new thing on the fridge. Why can't? Right. Well, she's a guest. She's a guest. She's. Ah, uh, you're you're I'm right. Sorry. I don't want. Yeah, I'm but sorry. you know what? Growth is is painful, and that's that's why we're here to do it. Greetings, the greetings card podcast. This this week, growth is painful. Growth Bobby, is painful. where do you, where where are these cards for you? Uh, I will tell you. I've been thinking about it, and I do like the pugs too. They're one of my favorite dogs. So. I am going to keep this despite the moral gray area. I'm going to put this at the bottom of the fridge and keep it there. It's going to be sort of in bottom right corner. So I'll see it, you know, once in a while I'll bend down and catch a sight of a cute doggy, which is always welcome. And I'm fine with that. I've got no qualms about what kind of life the dog has had before, but I should, maybe I should. And then for the Christmas card, I, I like it. I think it's fun. I'm not distressed by Santa not doing a great job. So I'm going to put that middle low fridge right in the middle. So I'm going to play with that that mace. Who am I kidding? I'm going to do it. Bobby, I think you've had the most generous of the card ratings. You've, you're basically keeping them both on the fridge for a certain amount of time, which I think yeah, is very Yeah, I, I would think they're gracious. both. Yeah, they're both going to stay up at least for the holiday season. And and uh, we'll see, you know, if if space is yeah. tight, I'll get rid of them. If there's lots of free range, I'll let them stay. I, I'd like to amend mine really quick because I realized I didn't say where I was going to put the dog card, like specifically on the fridge. Let's say uh, lower center right fridge door. I, I don't need to see it that often. I just need to, you know, sometimes a, a cute dog photo brightens up your day so mm -hmm. we'll see what this does i have a feeling now that we've talked a lot about scaring a dog unnecessarily that it is not going to give me the joy i think it's going to so that will be uh that'll be tv determined so that's a three to four days center right well time will tell dan and uh, again if any listeners want to uh, get in touch with us with a new card we are at greetings pod on instagram and at greetings cast on twitter until that house crumbles uh like so many sandcastles before it Gabby and Andrew, mm -hmm. happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Thank you so much for doing a double episode with us, a first for us. We had so much fun. And is there anything you both want to uh, shout out or plug? Do you, are you doing a one-person show? Um, you're literally reaching eight ears when you, you talk on this podcast. So, you know, use the platform for good, not for evil. Now, is that on four people, the eight ears? Let's say yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has been an absolute holiday joy. Four people, eight years, can't lose. <laughs> 
Eight crazy ears. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> Eight crazy ears. Thank you very much for some much needed break from holiday leftovers. Maybe this will help with digestion. Who knows? Time will tell. Growth is the only indicator. Um, no. Hmm. We've been called the Tums of podcast. <laughs> very fitting. Uh, Andrew, got anything you want to yeah. say to the folks uh, at the end of the show, or you ju- you just shoving off into the into the great blue yonder? Um, hi, mom. Ah, <laughs> hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't have anything to plug. It, it's just been great to be here and to chat with all of you. And to talk about Microsoft Publisher, which was really what I was here for. Uh, <laughs> and I'm hoping Microsoft will send me some some free stuff in exchange for pushing the nostalgia button on that and talking about it at length and sharing my emotional connection to it. I'm hoping I get something in return, but I'm not optimistic. And if Clippy's out there, he's truly missed. Clippy, please come back to us. That's how miracles are made. And uh, to quote the card itself, or at least paraphrase it, miracles come in all shapes and sizes. And I am so grateful, both Gabby and Andrew, that this particular miracle came today, that we were both able to have you on the podcast. This was a joy and a pleasure. And we want to wish you guys, uh, just to quote Bobby here, a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy Honda days to both you guys. And thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we can get you not only in the backseat of a Honda Accord by the end of this year, but maybe Google can get off their bullshit and finally give us something that was like publisher so we can all give each other handmade cards like that we were able to in a time's past. That would make suit. me so happy. With the Princess Diaries, miracles happen once in a while when you believe. So Catch a falling star, <laughs> put it in your pocket, save it for a rainy day. Bless. Miracles happen. We hope you'll all do that. <laughs> <laughs> All of this, by the way, was in Gabby's vows at the at the wedding to me. So. <laughs> oh, just a whole beautiful. pop culture tour, tour de force, and it's all it's all coming back in a flood of memories from can, from this content. This is confirm. beautiful. No oh, miracles happen once mm-hmm. in a while. Oh. That's from that movie, right? Good night, everybody. Happy holidays to us all. Happy holidays to us all. Bye.